Hello, 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 and welcome to the Pottervision Podcast, the podcast where every 14 days, myself, Lucas Kirkby, and another man, Tom Lawrenson, we talk about a chapter of the Harry Potter books and we use them to talk. And by the way, Merry Christmas, it's Christmas morning. The children are waiting to unwrap their presents, but you are sat in your bedroom listening to us, the Pottervision Boys. Merry Christmas, Tom. Should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on heaven as in earth. Hmm. Merry Christmas. To Merry you Christmas, yeah. And me. And everyone listening. <laughs> and everyone listening. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, happy bloody holidays to you, you agnostic or oh, yeah. uh, other religious person. Or if you don't celebrate Christmas, here's something for you. Even though it's a Christmas song, this is a song everyone can get behind. Hey, Mr. Churchill. Stop the cavalry. Merry Madness sits at home. Four years now. Hey, take the headphones out. Put that podcast on the Bluetooth speaker so the old family can listen. I don't want you listening to that anymore. <laughs> right, if you are avoiding your family, take your phone or whatever you're listening to. Put it on the loudspeaker and we will be your family. <laughs> oh, hello, son. Hello, daughter. Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey, don't be like that. It's Christmas. Leave her alone. Me and Lucas are your two dads. We're not We're not uh, in a relationship. We're just two dads who've started a family together. Yeah. Hey, I hope you like it. Now, Dad's going to go away and spend an hour setting it up in the back bedroom. Hey. Can I play Super Mario? You've got to set up an account first. Let Daddy work. I don't like Mary Poppins. It's Christmas, dickhead. Yeah? Merry Christmas to one. Merry Christmas. And all. Yeah, and to all a good morning. What will you be doing this Merry Christmas? You'll be waking up. (laughs) Father Christmas, he's visited in the night. He's put a cookie in my mouth. Is that pretty much? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Apart from what I was saying and doing. But yeah, pretty accurate, yeah. Uh, well, uh, it will all have happened. Father Christmas has changed my clothes. He's put different clothes on me. Oh, thank you, Father Christmas. Oh, oh what's Father? <laughs> what's Father Christmas? <laughs> anyway, we'll let your imagination finish that scene for you, and we won't have to say the horrible things. Hey, well, by the time I wake up on the twenty-fifth of December, the festivities will have happened for the first time i'm having uh, christmas not in the uk we're going to poland to martina's family 
And in Poland and Germany and other European countries, uh, it's celebrated on the evening of the 24th. So that's when it's all the presents and uh, the meal and all the festivities. Oh, that's quite fun. I bet Christmas films don't make much sense to them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Waking up. Shouldn't you have done this oh. last night? <laughs> <laughs> Waking up, running downstairs. Excuse me, it's 7pm, you lazy bastard. <laughs> what time do you call this? Yeah, that's true. It must seem odd, mustn't it? Nah, they probably get on with it. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, like... Because if you watch something like Home Alone, I wonder how many other things you think are tradition. Like... Oh, people in America, every Christmas they dress up in rags and feed the birds. No, we don't do that, that's just Bird Lady in Home Alone. We do the presents and the tree and all that. Where are you spending Christmas this year? Oh, me? I thought you were still in the scene, talking to the Bird Lady. <laughs> <laughs> right, you have a rest, Tom, leave this to me. Well, I spend Christmas as I always do with the birds. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm Kevin McAllister and I'm going to set some booby traps that might kill some robbers. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, if you want to send them my way, I'll make sure all the birds eat them, peck them and poop on their heads. Thank what, the robbers you, or the boobies? Lady. You what, sorry? The robbers or the boobies? <laughs> when did I mention I boobies? Making booby traps. Oh, you misunderstand. Booby traps, uh, they to trap people. I always wondered, like, that a kid could go too far with that, wouldn't he? Like, I saw a video the other day which showed um, Vietnamese booby traps, you know, in the Vietnam War. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of these. <laughs> hey, Kevin, Miss Callister's going to put hooks near the trees, so when they run through, it rips their skin. Oh. Kevin McAllister's going to put dog shit on sharpened bamboo so when they stand on it, they'll get an infection. <laughs> Excuse me, Kevin McAllister. Kevin McAllister's going to cover a hole in leaves and when they fall through, they're going to land on some spikes. Excuse me. We do not want Marvin Harry impaled by spikes. Kevin McAllister's going to trick Marvin Harry to climb into a tunnel and then fill it with water so they, so they drown. <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> right, excuse me. One of them's passed away. The other one is in intensive care. I do not think you should be laughing about this. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> yeah, but make for a different movie, wouldn't it? <laughs> Kevin McAllister used Vietnam War booby traps. Kevin McAllister believes in the stand your ground law. If someone yeah. steps into your property, you have the right to kill them. Yeah. Hey, have you seen the new Home Alone? Home Alone 4, Agent Orange. No, I'm not watching that. I'm watching Home Alone for Agent Orange. <laughs> It'd be horrible. Have you, seen, <laughs> have you seen Home Alone 5, Black Home Alone Down? <laughs> it's got two Home Alones in the title. I've seen Home Alone 2, Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have seen Home Alone 2, Home Alone again. <laughs> home Alone 3. 
Too home, too alone. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the fact that it's the third Home Alone film and they're using the the number two. (laughs) Yeah. She's been Home Alone 2, Too Home, Too Alone. Have you seen Home Alone 3? Throw Him Alone. And it uses the three as a TH. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we could go on for hours, couldn't we, children? Aren't we clever people listening? No. <laughs> also, for the families that are still listening to this on loudspeaker, we apologise for all the uh, booby trap references. <laughs> Little kids <laughs> in primary school. <laughs> what do you listen to on the Harry Potter podcast? Oh, how to make a Vietnamese booby trap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was very effective. Mum, can I have some sharpened bamboo and some dog shit? Oh, what now? You've been listening to that Pottervision podcast again, ain't you? See ain't if we you? can get it in the January sales. <laughs> <laughs> right, Boxing Day, we'll go to next and queue up at 4am. <laughs> Come on, do your own work. Hey, don't be using those guerrilla tactics on me. Where have you learned about guerrilla tactics? Pottervision boys, man. I'm Why is Who's this little cockney listening? <laughs> oh, right. Who's this little cockney listening? Who's this little We're talking to you. Get off the line. <clears throat> anyway, have you had a nice week? It's been all right. What have I been up to? Um, I filmed a... I did a recording of my stand-up show on Sunday. Hey, that's exciting. Was it? Uh, did it go well? Yeah, it went all right. It's funny, though, because I wish I'd have uh, prepped someone beforehand, but I was like, so to John who announced me on, I was like, can you get him to be like, everyone, are you ready for an evening of comedy? Yeah. And I was like, mm. and I was like, get him to say like, please go wild and crazy for Tom Lawrenson. Yeah. He didn't say wild and crazy. He just said like, welcome to the stage, Tom Lawrenson. Recording it, just a smattering of applause, like. <laughs> Maybe you'll have to dub it over with some whooping and cheering. Well, they got it again at the end. Oh, oh that's good. A lot more enthusiastic. Yeah. Um, but I did two shows, and the second one it was even worse. The nine yeah. o'clock show come out. Honestly, I look out and <laughs> not to sound grateful, but I'm looking out and I'm seeing about twenty people who aren't clapping at all. Yeah, just looking at me. Trying to make a DVD here. <laughs> and there was loads of old people in the audience. I I was like, I wanted to ask, but I thought it would kind of ruin the atmosphere. I wanted to be like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I would have ruined the atmosphere, I think. <laughs> well, I planned on saying yeah, a lot of... What are you lot doing here? I saw, I'm not, I saw a woman. It must have been 70 years old. It really threw me. Yeah. Who invited you? Mm. Weren't many Potter Vision listeners there. I think uh, who was no. it? Katrina was there, or Katie. Yeah. One oh, that's the, good. Um, she was there. <laughs> I went on one of the shows. I don't listen to the podcast. Hey, don't be leaving him in the lurch. If you're listening, you got to whoop and cheer. Don't be embarrassed. Mm. Um. Yeah, but otherwise, what else have I been up to? I've been trying to do stretches for my sciatica. Oh, yeah. 
I'm trying to make that improve quicker. Although doing a bit of Christmas shopping, buying some bits and bobs. I'm at, uh, uh, yeah, but not really much has been going on. Oh, I went to see last night Wonka at the cinema. Oh, I like the look of that. Was it good? I loved it. I think it's going to go down as a Christmas classic forever. Hey, hey, that's good. Oh, so it's like Christmas vibes, or? Well, yeah, it's all snowy. Oh, lovely. It's snowy and it's colourful as well. Like all the... Yeah. At first I was like... Sounds good. Like, like everyone, I was like, Timothy Chalamet is wonka. But now I'm like, yeah, well, you understand the reason, don't you? Yeah. It's a musical. Do you want musical? He's singing. Do you want a pretty young man to be the lead of a musical? Because they want, I don't know, young people to fancy him, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, but that's good. Yeah, I might give it a watch over the, uh, the is, Christmas holes. It is rammed wall to wall with UK comedy legends. Yeah, I know Rowan Atkinson's in it, isn't he? Yeah, RA's in it. Who's that? Yeah, Ronak. Ronak yeah. Who else? Uh, Tom Davis, or Davies, one of them. Oh, the big bald bloke. Yeah, he's in it. He's fantastic. <clears throat> yeah. Who else is in it? Dobby from Peep Show's in it. Dobby from Peep Show. Uh, is he sooty? The Johnson. No, he's sweep. Sorry. The Johnson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Johnson yeah. from Peep Show is the main villain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Patterson Joseph. Matt Lucas yeah. is in it. Bloody hell, it's full of stars. Phil Wang's in it. Yeah. Rich Fulch is in it from uh, Mighty Boosh. Yeah. I bet Timothy Chalamet's like, where the fuck are these lot? All the this was a Hollywood movie. All the Horrible Histories lot are in it. Bloody, that sounds great. <clears throat> Simon Farnaby. Yeah. Uh, Bloody hell. And is the music good? It's all right. All the best bits is where they reference the music from the original Wonka film. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, if you want to that. view paradise, simply yeah. look around and view it. That you're like, yes, finally. When they're singing like original yeah. songs, like, um, um, come on, everybody, you got to make chocolate. It's the best. Yeah, that's, like, yeah. We don't like that. We don't know that one. <laughs> don't know that one. And uh, it's not that catchy either. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, did they do the bit where he goes in the uh, the tunnel and sings and screams? No. No, maybe they'll do it in the sequel. I'll put you off. <laughs> yeah, it has actually. Uh, maybe they'll put it in Wonka 2, 2 Chocolate 2 Factory. <laughs> I look forward to it. I would, yeah, no, I'm going <laughs> to see that. chocolate, two <laughs> I would, I would not stop talking about that for about a year if a film came out called Wonka <laughs> Two, and then colon two chocolate, two factory. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's all yeah. it's all twos as well, not even T O O. Very good. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone in the world, everyone in Britain would be like, What a stupid name. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> but we'd love it, wouldn't we? We'd love it with all our hearts. Well, it's there to be made. Well, on Sunday, um, we went to, myself, Martina, and a couple of her uni friends, we went to the town of Schlitz. Excuse me? <laughs> and it's called Schlitz. To the Christmas markets there, and it was like a little village, but... It, it was advertised as the home of the tallest candle in Germany, right? So I was like, I've got to bloody see this. Yeah. And it was like, this candle is 36 metres tall. I thought, Jesus Christ. So we go there. <laughs> it turns out they've just put a big cloth over a tower and put a light on the top. So there's like a castle tower that's like 36 metres tall and they've just put a massive like tarpaulin over it, a red tarpaulin and then they've put an electric light in the shape of a flame at the top. I wouldn't call that the largest candle, would you? Well, you're rotten over that. You what, sorry? Did it spoil the day? No, it didn't spoil the day because we did go up there and it was very high up. But the man... He, like, I can understand a lot of German, but um, he was talking quick and he, like, he must have had an accent. But there were six of us in the lift going up to the top of this tower. Mm. But he only made eye contact with me. And he was telling me all these facts and I didn't understand a word of what he was saying. Were they all girls? And I kept nodding. I went, ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Were they all girls? No, there was another lad as well. There was another plus one. I was a husband and there was a boyfriend there as well. <clears throat> but yeah, but the guy was like looking at me and he was like, oh yeah, see, I'm a Dusker Martin, sheep seen hundreds, da da da. And I was like, right. Oh. Yeah. And he, but he wouldn't look at anybody else. He was just making intense eye contact and with me. It's hard for him as well because you're not listening at the best of times. No, I'm not. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> you drifted away going, yeah, 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 <laughs> large and candler, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Big, biggest candle in Germany, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, I'm telling you about my problems. I don't want to hear about your problems. I've had it in my head that you're telling me facts and I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Now I don't have to concentrate. Don't be bringing your problems into this. <laughs> me not listen. <laughs> Imagine saying that to a member of staff somewhere. I don't hear about your problems. I love when someone... Hey, hey, keep your problems to yourself. <laughs> Look, we've both walked into this conversation on the understanding that you're telling me facts that I can just nod my head to. Don't be bringing personal things into it. Mm. All right. Now, step away from the edge. Schlitz. <sighs> <clears throat> yeah. Hey, I had a lovely cartoffle puffer while I was there. What did you call me? <laughs> it's called a cartoffle puffer. It's a uh, it's like a 
It's a bit like hash brown, really. It's like a flat fried potato and mushroom all put together, but it's called a kartoffel puffer. Maybe. It was very nice that they gave me three. Maybe I will come over to Germany then to get my hands on one of these. Eh, uh, yeah. Very tasty they are, too. Um, kartoffel hash brown. Big. So if I come over to Germany, yeah. what am I going to do? Are you going to be at work? Not if you come at a good time. If you come back with me on the... Um, we're flying back on the 10th. If you come back with us, or around that time, I'm free until the uh, until the 15th. So you've come for a weekend or something. Mm. Let's see how you feel. Maybe, maybe. If you beg me. All right, yeah, I will do. <laughs> Get on my knees and beg you to come. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a there's a music of Harry Potter concert that we could go and listen to la, and talk la, about. La, 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 I'm excited to go home for Christmas. It's going to be nice. Oh, yeah. You going back to mum and dad? Yeah, probably do the do the laps of all the parents. Go to Lucy's mum's for a yeah. bit. Go all around there. Finally, bit of time off. Oh, yeah. Oh, lovely. I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's been uh, it's been quite a long term, but we get three weeks off now, which is lovely. So I can. Uh, have a nice time. Do some pot vision with you in January. Oh yeah. Oh we'll yeah. Have you, been, have, have you know? How's that Perry Salt been going down? Oh, it's been lovely. Well, for those of you who are not on the Patreon, uh, and the last episode, I got a a birthday gift from Tom, which was four. I've got one here actually. Four jars of Perry Perry salt, and uh, I've been putting it on my chips. And I put it on, um, we ordered like this food and it was like a cheese and bacon wrap thing and I put it on that and it was lovely. I put it on mash. Very nice. Oh, yeah, peri salt and mash goes very well. And the sauce as well goes nice in a bit of mash. Mix it up and you get like a reddish flavour, reddish colour. Are you just taking hand luggage over when you come over? Are you taking a big suitcase? <laughs> Big suitcase, I think, because we're bringing a few prezzies and stuff. Well, if you take an old family, if you take a big suitcase back, you could probably smuggle some Perry sauce back with you, can't you? Oh, I could. Well, yeah, in the hold all, definitely. Yeah, because they sell them in supermarkets, don't they? They sell them in supermarkets, and you could be making Nando's at home. That's what I've been doing recently. I make, yeah, because <laughs> I love Nando's, but for some reason, it's twenty-five quid. Yeah. So now, I get a uh, I get a breast of chicken, slice it, yeah. I butterfly it, yeah. season it, cook it, make some mash, some tender stem broccoli. I'm away. Bloody hell! He's turned into everyone's mum. Hey, why go to Nando's when I can make Nando's at home? Oh, all right, mum. All right. Come on. I have McDonald's at home. Right, it's just potato and nuggets. What's this? If you don't want it... Don't you love mummy? If you don't want it, you don't have to be like that. I'll have, I'll have it all. 
I made a vindaloo the other day. Donald's I've got a jar of vindaloo curry. And a yeah. I had vindaloo for lunch for a couple of days. I love having a vindaloo. Oh. I can't remember. I must have had a vindaloo in my time. Is it quite spicy, a vindaloo? Yeah. Yeah, but the jar ones aren't that spicy. Mm. Yeah, jar ones aren't that spicy, they. <laughs> jar ones but... aren't that spicy. Oh, but the jar. I think we've forgotten we're recording a comedy podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> we started off with all this <laughs> bombasticness. Home Alone, booby traps. And then we're like, mmm, the jar ones are never that spicy, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I might do that tonight. I might go get a madras out of a jar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, tonight, get some madras. Hey, if you come in with your suitcase, you can take some of that sauce back with you, can't you? All right, thanks, <laughs> Nana. <laughs> what are you listening to, boys? Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> oh, they're never that spicy, aren't they? The window in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, it's all good tips. So, Tom. Yes. Are you ready? Are you steady for a chapter rundown? Yes, sir. Chapter 33, book five, Fight and Flight. They take umbrage to the Forbidden Forest, and who should turn up but those bloody centaurs? Umbridge has no tact whatsoever. She insults them, tries to attack them. And they attack her and take her away. Uh, for God knows what reason. Then the centaurs turn on Harry and Hermione. And just before they're about to attack them as well, in comes Grope. And with his big giant body, he swats the, uh, the centaurs and uh, recognises Hermione. And then they go back to school. Oh, no, they don't. They're still in the forest. And then they're joined by Neville, Ron, Ginny, Luna Lovegood. And they're like, right, we've wasted all this time. How are we going to get to the Department of Ministries and Sirius Black? And Luna Lovegood's like, well, what about them dead horses things? And they're like, all right, then. But there aren't enough. And she's like, well, Hermione's bleeding. They'll be here soon. And sure enough, like sharks, they get attracted by the smell of blood. And uh, they're ready to take them to the ministry. And that was fight and flight. Fight and flight. Umbridge almost had it all. Complete control over Hogwarts. There was just one thing that was her downfall. Her conspiracy theories that there was a secret weapon in the forest. Dumbledore was still present. They used this against her and ultimately was the cause of her, I can only assume, death. <laughs> yeah, well, what, yeah, because where does she go? What do they do with her? Because she does appear alive later, doesn't she? But I don't know. Do oh, they does she? Her? <laughs> yeah. They killed her. <laughs> I assume they took her away to kill her or at least beat the shit out of her. I'm not sure what so, happens. Fair of... All the chapters was listened to or read. <laughs> yeah. um, this has got to be one of the most violent chapters I've ever read in my life. Starts it is, off, isn't it? Harry walking behind Umbridge. She's talking. He goes, "I wanted to spin round and seize her by the throat." Yeah, bloody hell! 
Listen, yeah. just because she made you self-harm <laughs> doesn't yeah. mean that you need to do that. Yeah. Well, bloody hell, what a Christmas gift this was. This was a very short chapter as well. It was 27 minutes on the audio book. There's no greater gift. Because all, all the chapters have been dead long, haven't they? They've been like about an hour each. Mm-hmm. Nice little half-hour one for Crimbo. Thank you. But yeah, you're right, it is violent, yeah. Well, because I thought originally, I don't know if in the film it's slightly different. I feel like they take her to grow up on purpose in the film. Yeah, they do. But in this, that grow up is not part of the plan. I I thought, oh, they're going to take them, take her to grow up so he eats her or whatever. It's the other way around, but, isn't it? In this, grow up saves them. Yes. Yeah, they were hoping to take her to the centaurs. But I don't know what the plan was because... It was always going to end in violence, wasn't it? Did she want the centaurs to kill her? What a mad scheme, though. What a mad scheme, as you say, yeah. right? Right, let's kill Umbridge, then. She can take her wands off us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess we'll take her into the dark forest and have her killed by <laughs> horsemen. <laughs> we should talk to me about this plan before, Hermione. How's school, Hermione? Not that good. Got detention the other day. Thinking about shooting the place up. Oh. No, no, we don't like that. Don't like that. I want that head teacher to be carried away and tortured by Mr. Tumnus. Right, you're not going to that school anymore. You need some time away. What the hell? Hang Tumnus, I say. No, no, we're not bringing that back. Hank Tumnus. Hank Tumnus. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, it's just like, what is the, like, what are they going to achieve? And like Harry says later on, they're just wasting more and more time. Like, they did achieve something, being though. tortured. He says this at the end of the chapter, he's like, we've just wasted more time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, yeah. a problem has been resolved. Though you are in the forest... The yeah. person, you know, thwarting your plans, who had you prisoner, is now gone. Yes, I do agree with that. But I think they shouldn't have looked in the fire and done all that rubbish. They should have just gone and checked on him first. Should have just um, left Hogwarts. Yeah. There's literally nothing stopping you walking into the train station. Go to the train station, get yourself a single or a return. Off-peak day return, you'd have been sorted. Or just go straight to the uh, Thestrals. Yeah, exactly. Because that must have been in uh, Luna Lovegood's head the whole time. But one of the things that really annoys me in this chapter is how disrespectful Harry is to Luna and everyone yeah. else is. I agree. She is a bit eccentric and a bit of an oddball, but... That that's good because she might have ideas that other people haven't had. Mm. And for them to treat her like a mad witch is disgusting. That's funny. Yeah, there's a bit Ron especially because there's a point where she's like, "There are other ways of getting out of the forest," and he's like, "What? You want us to use a polywhirl?" And she's like, "Polywhirls are Pokemon, Ron." <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking we could use the Thestrals and he's like <laughs> Cuckoo 
What, you want us to use Blue Eyes White Dragon? No, that's Yu-Gi-Oh, Ran. I'm talking about natural magical creature. Yeah. You are. Oh, you want, us to, stupid, you want you? us to buy time? You want us to go into the hyperbolic time chamber at Kame's lookout? No, Fran, that's Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought I was coming across as a nerd then, but you, you topped it with a Dragon Ball Z reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just hear what she's got to say. Let, you know, before you say an idea is rubbish, hear what it is. And then ridicule it if it is rubbish. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the there's also a lot of um, a lot of high and mightiness coming from Ron and Harry because they're, they're even looking down on, uh, you know, Ginny. Ginny's like, I want to go too, and then they're like, No, you're too young. And she goes, Actually, I'm three years older than you were. When you, yeah. I don't know, fought the Dark Lord. Yeah, but also, who caused the Dark Lord to come back? Book two. <laughs> who caused the Dark Lord to look and come back? Book two. Yeah, but in book three I helped. No, you didn't. <laughs> you did nothing in book three. Book four? Mm. Got yourself trapped underwater. So what makes you think book five is going to be any different? Hey. I, don't think, I don't think she was trapped underwater in book four, was she? She was, wasn't she? I thought she was one of... Uh... No, who was it? Fleur Delacour's sister, Hermione. Ron. Ron. That's that covered. And then who was Cedric Diggory? Oh, Cho, maybe. Yeah. Yes, what are you talking about, Harry? I wasn't trapped in the watering book, though. Uh, you might have been. Might have uh, not been I've written not read the them book. in a long time. <laughs> what are you two talking about, books? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Radio 2. Yeah. Yeah, well, because how fast... I don't think we've heard anything about how fast a Thestral is. <coughs> like, I've just heard it's... Like the same speed as a horse. How long is it going to take to ride a horse to London from Edinburgh? I heard they're also very good at helping the rider find what they're looking for. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I've heard the shit gold. I mean, it's true, doesn't it? I learned an interesting fact. Do you know in um, book one? Oh, yeah, Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> Bingo. In book one, you know, uh, yeah. uh, uh, what's he called? Leonard? No, uh, Neville Longbottom. Quirrell. Yeah. He's got his remember all, hasn't he? And he's like, trouble is, uh, half the time I can't remember what it is I've forgotten. Like that. Yeah. Do you know what he's forgotten in book one? What? If you look around, they're all wearing their jumpers. Yeah. He's the only one not wearing a jumper. No, he's not wearing a cloak. Uh, Something like that. There you go. Apparently, they're all wearing or hats. They're all like they're all sat. There's one thing that he's not got on that the rest of them have got on. I started off really excited about that fact. You're like, hey, is what I found out about book one. Uh, <laughs> L Leonard, what's he called? Uh, <laughs> Leroy uh, Neville Longbottom. 
is uh, is memorable. Uh, no, no, what's it called? Uh, is red uh, rememberable? Um, it shows him what he's <laughs> forgotten. It doesn't say what he's forgotten. But do you know what he has forgotten? Um, it, it not his hat. Um, something like that. Not his no, not his jumper. His robe. Right, thanks very much, Tom. Um, let's get back to book five. But if you think of any more <laughs> book one facts, maybe keep them to yourself. <laughs> that was lovely. Thank you so much for contributing. <laughs> Just so funny. You're in the classroom, and the teacher's like going, trying to get. Teacher's got an answer in the red. Yeah, trying yeah. to get the class. Class, what is it? Yeah. No one in the class knows. Like, yeah. come, on, come on, it's obvious. What is it? And everyone's like, oh. and someone thinks they've got it. Yeah. Like, I think it's this, and they've said something so un what the answer is. It kind of upsets yeah. the teacher a bit. But yeah. in that moment, the teacher has to be nice to the student, but at the same time, yeah. they still give them a concerned look, like. Yeah. Not that. <laughs> well, one of my pet hates, right, is when a kid puts their hand up before they know what the answer is, right? So I'll ask, like, a maths question. So I might say, like, what's 28 plus 24, right? Kid will put their hand up. They go, right, you. And they'll go, right, 28 plus 24, 20 plus 20. I've, and I don't, I don't wait for them. I say, you don't put your hand up if you've not got the answer. I'm going to move on to someone else. <laughs> That's funny. Why do they put their hand up? Because they, they, they like being chosen and they like saying the answer. And because they want to get in there quick, they'll put their hand up before they've even thought what the answer is. That is such a contrast to the education system I've received where no one puts their <laughs> hand up. So it's the same person. Yeah. And then, like, and then it, yeah. eventually the teacher gets annoyed at that one person. Not like Havani. Not you! Fuck off. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they're quite eager beavers. They like to uh, they like to stick their hand up. But then if they stick their hand up and then start working it out, I'd be like, right, someone else. Because I don't mind them taking the time to think of an answer, but then put your hand up when you've done it. Mm. Mm. And the other one is when I go, right, who wants to read? And they put their hand up and then they don't know what page they're on. Oh, my God. Come on. I'm a rage. I've been following. I'm a rage. Mm. <laughs> Where are we? Mm. Was anyone listening when we had to go around the class and read a chapter out loud each? Like, you know, a few pages out loud? Maybe. I think we read... Well, <laughs> I used to, but I used to find it hard, like, because you were supposed to read with the person reading aloud. Yeah. And I'd always want to read ahead or mm. if it was if they because when you, you read aloud you're always slower than when you read in your head aren't you do you remember it's always used to be like god it's taking ages there, there's a fantastic sorry to bring it up but little britain sketch like a little grammar school oh yeah where they're going around the classroom reading and, the, and he keeps like switching people like johnson and the guy reads like a sentence and he's like jones yeah. and then he <laughs> he reads two words, Cuthbert, and he gets a word in, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then <clears throat> the next one, 
says a word, thinking he's going to change. And he goes, go on, boy. Yeah. And he starts a <laughs> syllable, and then he changes his name again. He goes, Hot Honky good. Tonk. <laughs> There's a boy called Honky Tonk. Very good. Yeah, well, I remember once we read Great Expectations, which was like a 400-page book, and it was the whole book was read aloud. And if you think like that, that's probably not far off the... Uh, that's not far off what the Harry Potter book is. Probably a bit smaller. And that book's like 30 hours long. Can you think like... We're wasting our time here. Why not just <coughs> give us time in silence to read or... Make us read a chapter for homework before next week. Dickens, Great Expectations. I currently, I recently, I rewatched uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. You ever seen that? I have, and I very much like Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> I wouldn't mind watching Muppets Great Expectations if they want to do that one. Mad the Muppets because they went like this. They went right Muppets Christmas Carol, and the whole world went. Fantastic. More, please. <laughs> yeah. And they went, all right then, Muppets Treasure Island. And everyone went, yeah. Yeah. And then they went, mm, that's your lot. Went, what? Oh, we don't like how these films aren't focused entirely on Muppets. <laughs> we don't want that. Uh, Muppets, um, I'd hate to say this, but do you not know, think perhaps... A Muppet, you know, centred film for 140 minutes is a, t is a bit too much. No. No. Right, forget the Muppet. Can I speak to the bloke under the desk? Right. <laughs> Look, why don't you just keep doing the novel adaptations? Nobody wants two and a half hours of Muppet movies. Muppets in space. Oh, Hey, but you want to do the Muppets in space? I'm talking, I'm not talking to Kermit. I refuse to talk to Kermit. I'm talking to you, Jim Henson. He's dead. Are you sure? I, I'm not saying another word until you come out from under there and talk to us. Okay. Um. What about Muppets 1984? Something like that. Hey, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. I was saying to Lucy the other day. brother is watching. Do you want to do Muppets Christmas Carol 2? Two Muppets, two Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Muppets Christmas Carol 2. Because I think it'd be so funny to have, like, you know... So Scrooge has become completely um, accepted into the community. He's the heart of the community yeah. now. Yeah. He's like well loved. Yeah, he's generous. He's like the backbone of everything. He's extra money. He's financing. No one can say a bad thing about him. Yeah. But then one night, he batters someone. Yeah. And he yeah. Yeah. They are, they're on like life support. Yeah. Yeah. But then, everyone is torn because like, all oh, right, if we. If we prosecute him, if we all go against him, he's got like enough wealth and legal power to like demolish us. He'll win, or and also like he'll withdraw all money and we'll, like you know he'll go back to how it was, and so it's this like uh, 
internal conflict where they want to do the right thing, but at the same time, they're like, oh, God, it'll change everything. What do you think about that? Manamana. Do, 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 Manamana. Do, 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 do. I think that's fantastic. Don't think it'll be made, but it's a great idea. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And to all a good night. Yeah, bloody yeah. I think that, I think that's really good. And how will the Muppets get through this ethical dilemma? I don't like it. Mm. So the so the centaurs turn up, right? Very touchy, aren't they? Well, I thought that they're supposed to be like because I think they're painted in a light where they are a very intelligent species, but then the way they're actually written, they seem to be very single-minded. They don't know much other than their own, like, stereotype. Mm. I thought they'd be a bit more like, um, not jumping to conclusions and stuff like that. Because they don't even, like, ask Hermione and Harry what the deal is before trying to attack them. This is one of my least favourite tropes in film, TV... When someone's got good intentions and someone yeah. will then not let them get out what is going on. Yeah. It's horrible. Or when the parents don't believe the kids, when the kids have seen like an alien or a ghost or cat in the hat or whatever. Mm. And then mum's like, don't be silly, dear. Cats aren't real. Mm. Cats aren't that goes real. On for another hour. Cats <laughs> are real, mum. No, they're not. <laughs> And the face starts drooping, and it's a nightmare. Oh, God. Scary. (laughs) Yeah, I do know what you mean. I've got a question for you. Where would you lead Umbridge if you had to take her somewhere dangerous? Chamber of Secrets, have the basilisk eat her. Oh, yeah. If it was still alive, yeah. That's a good idea. Um, Oh, maybe I'll take her to the lake, push her in, have the octopus eat her. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, get the giant squid to uh, to devour her. Why didn't they put the thinking, giant squid in the films? I know, I feel like that would have been such an easy CGI thing to make Hogwarts more magical and weird. Because mm. when that boat comes, the Karkaroff boat, then it, when it comes out of the water, then the squid could be like, whoa! Could have been a bit of fun. It's so daft to have a flying boat. Is it, is it a flying boat or does it just go underwater? No, it just comes underwater, yeah, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, the yeah. chariot, the um, the girls fly, don't they? Yes, on the flying chariot, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, I think I would lead her directly into the centre of the maze and let Og deal with it. <laughs> Go on, Og, do your worst. She's horrible. Bear in mind, Lucas, we put Og in the centre of the maze. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, Og. Yeah, but it might be if we push her in first and then run off. Aragog could have been a sh- Aragog could have been a shout. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. How can I deny meat when it wanders in so willingly? Yeah, you and Mozak have a go on her. Tuck in. 
Yeah, that's a good, good idea, isn't it? But maybe they'd be scared of, oh, but does Hermione know the way? Because she never went, did she? To the to Aragog. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know, you're just the ideas guy. I don't mean to be negative. Mm. Yeah, but she, I don't know. They might have told her in the past few years. I don't know. Yeah. Where was Aragog? It in the forest. Yeah. There. Right. I'll make sure to avoid that then. Thank you. Thank you. No, no. Get in the girls' bit. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Oops, sorry. Hermione did Swing not... comes grow up. Oh, oh I was about yeah. to say, well... Hermione does not choose her words well at all. She goes, yeah, we thought we'd lead her here so you would kill her. And they were like, do not use us. User, and she's like, "Oops, sorry." <laughs> you master of manipulation. <laughs> we'll kill you for that. Enter Gwarp, and he's like, "Hagger, Hagger, Hagger, what's Hagger?" Yeah, Harry, you daft. He's Hagrid's brother, right? He's not right in the head. He's turned up, and he's gone, Hagger. Might be Hagrid. Have you not thought that? So funny. What what could that be? Hagger. Is he saying shagger without the S? No, he's not saying shagger without the S. He's saying hagger for Hagrid. Hagger for Hagrid. Yeah. It, um, Stephen Fry's impression of Grope reminded me of that scene in, in Young Frankenstein. Oh my. I don't know if you... You and this fucking scene in Young Frankenstein. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Well, I won't, I won't continue. Tom doesn't like it. <laughs> He's told me off for bringing something up. Um, oh, yeah, but I'll sit and listen about how bloody Vindaloo isn't so spicy in a curry jar. Yeah, oh, you're right, aren't you, Tom? Hey, I like that movie. Shut up about that movie. <laughs> Me want to talk about Vindaloo Curry. And I didn't want you to do Young Frankenstein because it was going to involve you doing this. <laughs> it was going to involve you doing that. And it's, I find that yeah, frankly it offensive for some reason. It's loud <laughs> and it's offensive. And you've already done it one on the once on the podcast. Why would you do it twice on the podcast? It's not a running joke. There's running jokes that are allowed. Bean, Little Britain, uh, Wallace yeah, and Gromit. Old Lang Syne. Old Lang Syne. Not Young Frankenstein. And you know, we've got a list right. of the running jokes we're allowed to do. Young Frankenstein is not on there. Yeah. Like Santa, we've got a good list and a bad list. <laughs> and the good list we're allowed to say, bad list we're not. No peeves. He no slipped on 40 times. <laughs> yeah. None of the ones on the bad list of Tom's, may I say. <laughs> Seems like only I get the bad ones that I'm not allowed. Um, Justice for Lucas. The uh, the um they bump back into uh, uh, Neville, uh, the other group, essentially. Neville. Yeah. And uh, they said that they got rid of Malfoy with a couple of stunners. I thought Fred and George had left Hogwarts. <laughs> to be honest, I think they could probably distract Crab and Malfoy with a couple of handsome, uh, handsome blokes. Oh, 
Look at those dishy individuals. Quick run! Yeah, you're right. Two just done us. Well, there's a bit before where Hermione, so Grope is having a fight with these uh, centaurs, and Hermione goes, he might kill them all. And Harry says, I'm not that fussed, to be honest. Mm. So you're the hero that we've got to aspire to, is it? Someone who doesn't care about death. Didn't like that. Did you like that or did you not like that? Yeah. Well, I liked it a hmm. bit because I don't think film Harry has that nasty little attitude as much. No, he doesn't. Hmm. Fair enough. I do like the idea, though, that the these... Uh, Kids have used their Dumbledore's army skills that they've learnt to overthrow the Slytherins. Like, all that practice has come to good use. I like that. And I also liked when uh, Neville, when they were all wanting to go to the Ministry with them. And then yeah. Ron, Hermione, Harry like, no, you lot aren't allowed. And then Neville's like, oh, was everything we learnt just for fun then? Was it, was it just playing? And Harry's like, no, I wasn't playing. I really like that as well, because that's like Neville's way of standing up to him. Playing, are we? Uh, all a load of bullshit, was it? Not real. It was real. Bunch of bullshit, was it, lad? I'm going to kill you, Neville. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Game of soldiers, was it? Him on a festival smug. I knew I'd get him like that. <laughs> I knew that would convince him. Step toe and son. Can I tell you one of my least favourite parts of all eight movies, and it involves Neville? Go on. It's the bit in the third film when he holds up the monster book of monsters and then it starts eating him and he falls to the ground. It's... I hate it. It's terrible. See a big puff of pages come up. Yeah. I hate. What? I just feel like it. I hate. It's, I, I put not much effort into it at all. Anytime someone falls over in a film, like, like a family film, I think it's lazy. I think it's. Yeah. I hate that monster book. Like, oh my god! Especially him falling over is one of my least favorite things as well. And you see it in. Every kid's film is the main character falling over. That's why I can't stomach watching the Paddington films. They're meant to be amazing. I've watched one. Paddington is falling over constantly and rolling about. It, that has nothing to do with the Paddington of the little books and cartoons he used to be in. Now he's constantly yeah. flying through the air going like this. Whoa! Yeah. Shh, Uncle Tom, I'm trying to watch. Yeah, I'm just saying it's not the Paddington of, of before. It's lazy. In Toy Story, Buzz and Woody falling over all the time, going, Whoa! No, not. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Have some respect. Have some respect, Paddington. Adults like to watch kids' films. 
Yeah. I don't know what's better, really. Like yeah, it, Paddington or like, I don't know, Spirited Away. Seen Spirited Away? I've never seen that. It's supposed to be amazing, isn't it? Yeah. What well, I think I can't believe you've not seen that. No. I'm thinking of Flushed Away, which is a different film with rats, isn't it? I remember your name. Your name is the Water Spirit. San. San. No face. I can't take that gold off you. You spoiled it for me now. What's the point of me watching that? Mom, Dad, stop eating. (laughs) A lovely family film. (laughs) Sounds good. Hey, you said you'd play with me. (laughs) You lied. Now I have your name. Sorry, go on. Right, that was Papa Lazaru. He is not in Spirited Away. (laughs) I know that for a fact. Let me know, listeners, if you think they were good impressions. (laughs) I'll watch the film and get back to you. Yeah, Harry really pisses me off in this chapter. He's so reluctant to accept help, which... I think in his mind, he is trying to protect them from whatever danger there is. But I think it just comes across as arrogance that they can't help or that they're not capable of fighting Voldemort. I don't ask for help. No, I very rarely ask for help. I just never want to bother anybody. One, don't want to bother anyone. Two, no one wants to help. Three, they won't do it the exact way that I want it. No point. Yeah. Three strikes, I'm out. Well, and that's all that I've got to say on the matter. But I do like that they are... It's a team effort, finally. They're going to go and uh, sort Voldemort out as a group. Mm. Right. How many... How many haggers... Are you going to give this chapter out of five? I like this chapter in some ways. I like that Umbridge gets her comeuppance, but I didn't really... I felt like, because it was so violent, I feel like I couldn't really enjoy it. Like, the whole book has been building up how horrible she is. But then at the end, it's like, well, I don't want her taken away and murdered. I thought she'd just be, like, dangled by her legs or something and, like fall into a pile of muddy leaves mm-hmm. something like that bit of fun so i don't you know i feel like that wasn't really the best payoff but i like that the team are coming together and uh, you know it's building up to a climax i think we've only got about three or four chapters left so i'm gonna give this a very solid but not amazing three and a half haggers out of five that's fair now for me i like this chapter had everything I wanted. Action, deception, people talking to each other, things happening, right? People fighting, a centaur shooting arrows at a giant's hand. Yes, please. I can give this chapter no less than five haggers out of five. Oh, fantastic. Are you ready for quiz? I am. Quiz. Why are you looking... Uh... 
<laughs> quiz, 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 quiz. Right. What colour was Megorium's chest? Oh, my God. Grey. Chestnut. New policy of the quiz. If you don't get the first one right, you don't get any more questions. Quiz, 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 quiz. We don't like that new policy. Well, now it's time for my favourite segment. It's Hedwig's Droppings. We're not alluding to owl poo. We're not alluding to ploppings. We mean the messages you send in when we allude to Hedwig's Droppings. What's in a beat this week? Well, this week we've had a lovely five-star review... From me, one, two, four, five, six, three, four, five. And this person says, it's awesome. I am 10 years old. Hello, 10 year old. And my friend and I think we are the youngest listeners. You could be. Yeah, maybe. I really love it and we talk about it all the time. If anyone says it's not awesome, then they are so, so wrong. Well, thank mm. you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe you are the youngest listeners. If you are younger than that, Send us a review. How, how old do you reckon our oldest listener is? Uh, when did the Bing, Big Bang happen? Big Bang? Uh, millions of years ago, I reckon. Oh, play that. Uh, God. God. Yeah, he's had a listen, I bet. So, we've had a lovely message as well from Rach Langthorne on our, <laughs> on our Instagram. So she says, my boyfriend Rob Small and I saw you at the Fringe in August and he's been listening to the podcast since. Mm. He was a gorgeous fang. Oh, so he was a fang. And I'll attach a pic. You might remember, you might not. He's on episode 60 at the moment. Can you give him a shout out? I thought it would be funny and a nice surprise when he finally catches up. So hello, Rob Small. Thank you so much for coming to see us at the Edinburgh Fringe. And uh, you you must have been a lovely fang. I've not had the picture. Oh, hello, Rob. Hope you get this far. Yeah, and if you haven't, then what a waste of breath. But if you have, thank you so much for listening to another 70 episodes of the, <laughs> of the podcast. It is quite... When you, when you sit and think that people who are listening now have listened to 130 episodes... That's like, how many hours? That's about 130 hours of us. How have you managed that? I don't think I could do that. Could you? I've listened to over a... Yeah, I've listened to loads of podcasts, like hundreds of episodes. Yeah, oh, there you go then. Yeah, fair enough. Thank you so much. Rachel Langthorne. Now, we've had another lovely message from Jodie F on Instagram. And Jodie F says, I'm a relatively new listener... Uh, I don't know why it took me so long, because I've seen you several times in Edinburgh, oh, and I'm really enjoying the podcast. Just wanted to say that I'm also loving the tiny little League of Gentlemen references that pop up every now and then. You've had another one today with Papa Lazarou. <laughs> it makes my day. Massive pottery hugs and extra big loves for a wonderful Christmas, and I'm hoping to see you in London in January. So thank you so, so much for your message, Jodie. Now, we've got a few Patreons, uh, and I've got four on my list. I know there's more than that, but are you up for doing four today? No. Good man, it's Christmas. I'll try. Right. Give, right. me, um, give, me four, give me four words. All right. 
Four words. The first one is um, reindeer. Yeah. The second one is Black Friday. <laughs> the third one is Christmas dinner. Yeah. And the fourth one is New Year's Day. Okay, that's the first name. All right, and the first name, or person, as I like to say, the first person is a lovely baby Hermione supporter, and it's Katie. Katie. Do, 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 do. You are a baby reindeer. But you, Katie, have been born looking different from the rest. See, reindeer, they have hooves, a stomach, genitals of some kind um, <laughs> but you have a prolapse no don't say that but <laughs> edit point <laughs> Merry Christmas <laughs> But you, your nose is different from everyone else's. Theirs are black. One of theirs is red. Yours is white. A blinding white. All the other reindeers, they can't bear to look at you because it burns their corneas. Oh, please look at me, you say, as you're... Light, you're the nose, the light that comes from your nose, like engulfs the winter snow at the North Pole. Please look at me, but they can't bear it. No, please, please look away, look into the sky. Oh, <laughs> please. They hatch a plan to kill you because they will not be able to help Father Christmas deliver his presents if your nose <laughs> is blinding them all. And earth from below. They're going to creep into your staple uh, one night when your nose is covered. And they are going to trample you to death. I am an elf and I get wind of this scheme. I do not want it to happen. And so, feeding time before bed. Everyone has a different bowl. I poison everyone's food but yours. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the next morning you wake up, your nose shining bright. I'm walking up with a pair of welder's goggles, not bothered by it. I say, I bet you wonder where all the other reindeers are. And you say, yes. Mm. I say, last night they were planning on killing you. So I killed all <laughs> them first. <laughs> you go, what? I go, mm-hmm. Uh, do you believe me? You're reluctant at first. But the fact that I've done this makes you a bit scared. You say, yes, I believe you. I grin from ear to ear. Good. Now, five of these, please. Welcome to Katie. <laughs> Thank you very much, Katie. 
And we've got uh, a baby Draco next. Uh, so thank you very much for your support. And I hope I'm pronouncing this name properly, but uh, welcome, Topi Chamchun. Topi Chamchun, you are a baby Draco. What day is it? It is Black Friday. Everyone is rushing to the local supermarket to get their hands on the most popular toy in the world. The toy is Stretch Armstrong. It is a muscly man and you can contort his body into any which shape you want. When you were born, your parents made a deal with a witch that uh, you would be given... Uh, um, that they would be wealthy and prosperous so they could provide for you. But in return, she did something wicked. She, they would be able to provide for you, but she transferred your consciousness into a Stretch Armstrong. Don't know why. Um, some kind of evil monkey paw deal. <clears throat> so everyone is fleeing. There is one Stretch Armstrong left just so happens that your consciousness is inside two big brutes reach for you at the same time oh! hand on one hand on the other and they both want to buy you and they are stretching you far and then even further i am the security guard at this shop i'm not meant to have one of these but i've i brought in a baton in case things got uh, out of hand <laughs> on Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> these, these two men fighting over you, they make me sick. One. The other one goes, thank you. You did see that I touched it first. I go, two. Knock him out as well. Two men knocked out like uh, Wallace from a grand day out. I pick you up myself. I will buy you. My manager taps me on the shoulder and goes, you're fired. I go, yes, yes, yes. No need to buy this then if I'm fired. I say, just dock my wages. I walk home, put you <laughs> under the Christmas tree for myself to open uh, the next day and play with. But unfortunately, I forget to turn the Christmas tree off. I'd not been a, I'd not put the Christmas tree in a bed of water of any kind. So it quickly went very dry, all the uh, spines and needles. The lights on the tree caused it to catch fire in the night, engulfing in flames. It fell on you, and you melted. I woke up in a flood of tears and just kissed the puddle that was once you. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Toby. And we've got a baby, Harry. Uh, so welcome to our patron, Catherine. Catherine. Welcome aboard. It is Christmas Day. You are around the family home. You are a baby. Everyone has been passing you round, spoiling you. Pass the baby round. Pass the baby round. <laughs> Your mum's like, uh, actually, don't pass the baby round. Baby's tired. Pass the baby round. Pass the baby round. <laughs> um... <laughs> You're feeling a bit agitated. If one thing leads to another, it's Christmas dinner. In front of you, they put a Christmas pudding. They set it on fire. Peril for you, perhaps. Someone blows out the flames. 
You've heard rumour that inside the pudding is a pound coin. So you reach your hand into the Christmas pudding. In there, something grabs your hand. Uh-oh, mm. what's this? You look around the other side of the Christmas pudding. There's no one there with their hand in the pudding. You try to pull it out, but the harder you pull, the more you get sucked into the pudding. You're being dragged into a different dimension. Isn't this odd? No one's paying attention as the these babies' legs are last seen kicking their way into the Christmas pudding. You have been transported into the world of Eerie Poneri. He is... <laughs> <laughs> An ancient goblin king. Eerie Poneri oh. wears a crown atop his head and he uh, traps babies in this land. For some reason, I am there. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trapped there as well. I see everything happen. Eerie Poneri wants to eat you. I'm disgusted. I draw my sword. Yes, I have a sword. And I cut off Eerie Poneri's head. His head rolls onto the floor. And I put the crown atop my head and hold you. I can find no way of getting you back to the world you are from. So here me and you will stay together. Yes, thank you so much, Catherine. Fuck are you doing while and I do these fucking final. checking emails? I see your tans moving. Eh? I'm updating my list of patrons. All right, go on. <laughs> All right. He is. <laughs> and our final patron is Ray, who is a baby Harry. Ray. Ray, you are a baby. You have been born on New Year's Day. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Need I go on? Yes. Five. Four, three, two, one. You have just been born on New Year's Day. Should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind, thy kingdom come. Everyone's like, excuse me, doctor. Hands off that baby's hands. Oops, sorry. Anyway, back to the party. This New Year's baby is being <laughs> passed around the New Year's party. Isn't that brilliant? We brought a doctor uh, to our home birthing ceremony. Pass the baby round. Pass the baby round. Should we be passing this baby round? Pass the baby, pass the baby, pass the baby round. You're getting passed and passed amongst all your parents, friends and family. Right? There's loads of them there. Tens of them there. Literally, tens of friends and family are there. Pass the baby round. Pass the baby round. Everyone's getting a bit of blood on them. <laughs> Embryotic sack on someone's shoulder. One thing everyone has forgotten... <laughs> Nobody has cut the umbilical cord. Oh. <laughs> Mum's right at the back giving it this. Ah! Ah! <laughs> and the umbilical cord has tied everyone up. Everyone's like, uh-oh. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the last oh, one. Yeah. I get there late. I go, me next. Me, 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 me. Pass the baby to me. And they're like, we think we should pass the baby back. I put my foot down. I go, no, I've not had the baby passed to me yet. They go, right. So I get you. I'm like, it's like such a stretch, you know, like a stretchy noise you'd hear in a cartoon. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, who have you got here then? It's New Year's baby. Hello, baby, baby. Baby, 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 baby. New Year's baby. I release. <laughs> like a Hoover plug. <laughs> You almost go back into your mother. <laughs> Last minute, someone grabs you, cuts the cord. Happy New Year. So thank you, Ray. And for everyone who's listening, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Potter Vision Podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. Buy a ticket to see, buy a ticket to see in us Lo- in Manchester and London, January. When is it? Yes, come along to see us. <laughs> we are in Manchester, I believe, on the 5th, and we're in London on the 7th of January. So come and see us. Tickets are selling fast. We would love to see you there. Uh, yeah, first half, we're doing our Chamber of Secrets show that was new in uh, in the summer. And yeah, in the second half, we're recording a live version of the podcast. So come along and listen to that. Otherwise... Next time in 2024, we will be on episode 131, chapter 34 of book five, The Department of Mysteries. You have been a baby passing Tom Lawrence. And you have been the ever so Christmassy Lucas Kirkby. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Potter Vision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. If you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Potter Vision.